This, this, this is Leafs Nation postgame. Let's go! Brought to you by your local GTA Acura dealers. Visit yours today. Blue and white at night. We this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Barry DeMarner on the far half boards, looking for a man in front, down low, Nylander scores! What a pretty move from in tight his feet to drag it back out and then lift it over the pad of Vesilevsky. And the Maple Leafs power play makes it 4-2. to Back in the win call on the Maple Leafs defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9. The fan Nick Alberga joined alongside Gord Stelic, Sam McKee behind the glass. You can find us on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. And Gord, I guess we can forget about Saturday night now. Uh, yeah, that's what Leaf fans do. Uh, you don't ever really forget about it, but uh, yeah, you're only as good as your last game. And 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 what a night as far as a couple exciting games. I know we just had the Toronto Raptor game and now the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, boy, if uh, sometimes life goes kind of on a plane, sometimes it doesn't go so well. And sometimes it's a, ro- it's a roller coaster. And this is about as much of a roller coaster. You look at the last four games in Pittsburgh, end of the world, home, greatest game on home ice this season by the Maple Leafs, Saturday, humiliating, unbelievable, unbelievable storyline. And tonight in a very difficult building, a very tough team to play, even though they've lost their last two games. Even if they had not won the game, they showed up, and that was the key. The bonus part is they won in a very difficult place. Yeah, pretty much I wanted to see a competitive bunch in this game. We did, uh, you know, they came out strong in this hockey game. The urgency was there. The desperation was there. Um, you, you know, the crispness was there in their play. It came at a cost, as we later find out, with Jake Muzzin leaving the lineup after two periods of play. But they, they stepped up in the third. Again, in the third period, the same old story with the breakdowns and all that jazz. But that that's going to just be a byproduct of the personnel on this roster. It's something we have to live with going forward. But uh, now that the trade deadline is over, Gord, I mean, clearly the onus has been put on the brain trust here to say, hey, this is in the locker room. You guys got to figure this out on your own here. Yeah, and the one little move they made, Callie Rosen, I think, will be a serviceable guy. I, I actually like the way he played. He hasn't played a lot in Colorado. They've had a pretty strong D, so he's been mostly in the American Hockey League. But now with Muzzin's injury, you got to think he is going to get a chance or it could be the magic man, Martin Marinson, that whatever. I hope anyway, not. we'll worry that down the road. But, you know, hanging on for dear life in the third period is is not that uncommon against a team like Tampa Bay if you have a lead. What yeah. I really liked is, and it's the minutia of the game, Tampa got up one nothing, and I was almost ready to tweet. I don't, like, I don't do that normally because the minutia of a game within a game, but that goal to me was so embodied exactly what's wrong with the Maple Leafs of late. An unnecessary icing, a lazy icing, a mental breakdown in that two players could have touched the puck and they ice it. So quickly you get the mismatch. Tampa Bay capitalizes on a strong rested line. Then you have the D and Lilligren and Sandin stick handling with the puck like a grenade, which you don't want. And then you've quite frankly have Kapanen inexcusably not being able to get the puck out. It's kept in and Tampa Bay scores one nothing. You're thinking, okay, hopefully this isn't the onslaught of more to come, but that is been a problem for the Leafs the last whatever it's been 17 18 games and to the Leafs credit they quickly came back down one nothing and didn't sit back and made fewer mental miscues played smarter hockey played inspired hockey yeah they grinded themselves to victory here 4-3 over the Tampa Bay Lightning at Emily Arena it's Nick Alberga joined alongside Gord Stelic brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers this is Leafs Nation post game and onwards and upwards we do go uh, outshot 14 to third 
uh, in the third period. At the end of the day, the two points, all that matter. Uh, it got a bit hairy late in that hockey game, but they, they shut the door. And again, uh, we'll just find out in, in, in the next moments, even, you know, into tomorrow, what's going on with Jake Muzzin, but takes a shot off the hand. Just terrible news. But again, we can't use injuries as an excuse. Uh, you've got to do your best to move on. And you talked about it, you know, you know, they have options they can bring up or, or guys internally, they can, they can thrust forward, but uh, that's a big time loss. Cause I, I like, you know, I had Jake Muzzin underlined already through the first period. I'm like, this guy's playing like a man possessed new extension. He's rich again or richer. Um, he's been playing really, really well as of late. And the veterans stepped up. I felt in this game, including Muzzin. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's uh, leaf killer Steven Stamkos also injured in the third period. Didn't yeah. play for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but Muzzin was the first star against Pittsburgh, which is neat to see because when the Leafs play at home, there just is a predictability about who the three stars generally. And I'm not saying they're undeserved, but it's the big guys and Morgan Riley, if he's healthy, and Freddie Anderson quite often. There's like five guys that take turns being the three stars. And then tonight, same thing. Jake Muzzin gets that big goal early on. Uh, some shots getting through. Where was that Saturday, guys, against David Ayers? Shots getting I through. I thought we were, we're getting past that. Yeah, well, anyway, shots getting through on goal. <laughs> and the other part that I was worried about from a Leaf point of view is Andre Vasilevsky's played some of the best goaltending I've ever seen against the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last couple of years. He really is. He's as good a goaltender as there is in the National Hockey League. So he was relatively, it wasn't a game that he was going to steal it for the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, which, by the way, Freddie played real well as well. But Jake Jake Muzzin just really becoming a dominant guy, really showing of those three unrestricted free agents. And, of course, Tyson Berry, Cody, CC being the other, that he was the must guy to get, and they've done that. So that's one trade deadline move, you know, much like the New York Rangers signing Chris Kreider. You know, those kinds of things are bonuses here around the trade deadline that you're not going to be wondering in the offseason, if he stays or goes. And I truly felt, you know, looking forward at this game, the turning point happening, um, you know, after the the maroon goal there in the second period, John Tavares, John Tavares, the captain, scoring 31 seconds, the response, right? Like, that's the big word we're using going into this game. Heck, this is the same word we're using a week ago going into that Pittsburgh game last Thursday at Scotiabank Arena. What would the response be after losing to a rent-a-goalie, a uh, 42-year-old Zamboni driver, beer league netminder. And it, w- it was positive. You know, we can joke about it all, all we want. It's a laughing stock of hockey right now. You just got to move on. Right. And internally I felt they did. Cause you know, I-, I was looking forward to see how this team would come out. They, they could have came out like a wounded animal and said, you know what? Years over, or they could have come out the way they did tonight. So a uh, good job there. Yeah. And I'm glad, you know, about not being fragile. And this yeah. is where I'll give the leadership group some credit and it's, it's a new leadership group. And it's a new bit of an onus on a, a team that's had a pretty smooth ride the last couple of years as far as it goes. But John Tavares, um, 26 goals. Like last year he had 47. So he's on a good clip. It just seems like he hasn't scored for a long time. And he came up big in a game where you need him to. But I love the backhand. So you got the John Tavares, Davey Keon going way back when they had straight sticks, way back mm-hmm. about having that effective backhand. But a real nice goal. It was not a fluke goal. It was an, it was an offensive, great backhand shot. And then Willie Nylander doing... I still call it the JVR because James Van Riemsdyk, who I think was one for a thousand doing it. And I love JVR, but he would do it. And then the next day you watch your kid play minor hockey and everyone was trying it all over the JVR move. But uh, this time he does it great, flips it up uh, the stick between the legs, flips it up high. So we had some, we had some artistry in some of the Maple Leaf goals. We did. It takes a lot of skill and I hate to dash on a parade, but I'm not going crazy over a goal like that anymore. We've seen it a billion times, you know, sometimes broadcasters go nuts and I get it. You got to add some emphasis to the goal, but I mean, most of these guys can do that, but I think the great train of thought there 
by Nylander to do that. And he's had a great bounce back here, Gord. I was thinking about it the other day. You know, this time last year, everybody was piling up on Willie Nylander. Should you trade him? Why'd you sign him to that contract? And um, it's been quiet, the noise or lack thereof around Nylander. He, he's gone about his business, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's played this year. Oh, absolutely. And the other part about that goal is that yeah. he had a purpose where he was trying exactly. to put it. So it wasn't just the move, but Willie He wasn't Nyl- trying to showbow. Yeah, right? Willie Nylander, yeah. and it's about, see, about the only thing that made sense about, I go back to Mike Babcock's press conference um, end of season last year, because there were too many things that didn't make sense in what he had to say, but just saying, I, I, I want Willie to get a swagger back. And we've talked about it ad nauseum, but so what? He played in the world championships, played great, changed his number and uh, has walked the walk and uh, he's done it. But, you know, tonight the guys like Kerfoot and Engvall and, you know, Janssen's gone now. So, but in general, when he was healthy, those are the ones that still, you know, kind of like Tyson Berry, not working out like you thought he would. Those guys haven't brought it to the next level like you hope they would. And in Kerfoot's case, an offensive zone penalty in the first period, like early on, like, geez, done that far too often. Um, You know, same with Engvall. He's really impressed me with his deceptive speed, but he's kind of come back. He burned Hedman that one Yeah, he did. That's exactly it. Like, it looks like, you know, Hedman thinks it's kind of a safe thing, and then the guy turns it on. But again, I think these are some of the guys that Sheldon Keefe was especially talking about, about, man, come on, guys, mentally, you got to get mentally sharp. You got to get your, your hockey IQ. You've got to get your effort. You got to get your work ethic, all those kinds of things that have to be a reminder. And they, they seem to have it tonight. Yeah. And I think if you look at discipline in this game, um, you know, when you look at some of the penalties, uh, I'm with you on the Kerfoot, um, the too many men on the ice, that just can't happen. It seems like it always happens to the Leafs bench for some reason. Uh, you know, Rasmus Sandin takes a slashing penalty. I thought three ill-advised penalties by Kevin Chattenkirk. I, I think if you look at Tampa, they, I think at, at times they were guilty in this game of trying to play this new physical brand of style that they want to play. They get Goodrow at the deadline. They get Coleman at the deadline. They get Bogosian. I get that you want to be heavier, but they, they didn't play the way they should be, I think, if you're looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I... You know, it just makes me wonder and think, like, be careful what you wish for. And again, it's just one game, but Tampa's on a bit of a skid here. Vasilevsky surrounded 16 goals in the last three games, including seven against Arizona, who scored seven in 18 games combined. I think going, I'm being, uh, you know, I'm, I'm emphasizing a bit more than I want to. Uh, but, you know, I just think you've got to be careful what you do as a GM. That's why on top of that, I was sort of pleased and content that they didn't do anything to the Maple Leafs at the deadline. And more so, like, you, you really mess with the DNA of a locker room sometimes. Yeah, you do. And it's, uh, you know, Goodrow got a big hit on Austin Matthews yeah. as well. So he provided that. And, you know, again, the sandpaper component you look for in the playoffs. But you make a real good point there. I mean, they did have... Uh, the offensive zone time. They really did. If you're breaking it down, which the Leafs are a big analytical team, so you can't be you can't be ecstatic about that. Really, uh, Tampa Bay controlled the game that way. But boy, Shattenkirk's penalties and the and the double minor on Freddie Goche. No disrespect to Freddie Goche, but he's a fourth liner, and he he stuck him in the face. And then a second later, he whacked the stick out, which is the the automatic slashing penalty. And good on the officials for calling the double minor. And that's not meant as a, as a Homer point of view. It's just, that's what it merited. And it made it no stupid. sense. Yeah. And, and earlier on, he got, he got a penalty as well. Right. So three different minor penalties and the Leafs did capitalize on one of them. So yeah, the composure there, um, or the lack of from Kevin Shattenkirk was puzzling. Another positive I took from this game, Gord, the Maple Leafs were two for their previous 20 on the power play. They scored two power play goals in this game, two for four. Confidence is big in this day and age, especially for this team, and to get the power play going is really good news. 
And the one, the Willie Nylander one was, you know, where we're, you get to the point where you go, okay, okay, you keep passing, you keep passing, you keep passing it. But at the end of the day, when they stuck with it and they threaded the needle, got it to him in tight, he put it in. You know, that's the beauty of it. When it's not working, it's an annoying power play from a fan's point of view because you go like a buck 15 and never get a shot on goal. But, you know, that's what they try to do, work it, work it, work it. And, and even though Austin Matthews hasn't come up big offensively of late, uh, I've been impressed by his play. I've been impressed by his puck movement and things like that, his compete factor. And uh, I thought even though he was, he, he, he had a couple, he had a couple good wires, right? And uh, and Stamkos, funny, him and Stamkos have that same kind of shot from the side that you throw OV in there, but very few can do. And uh, they had a couple moments and, you know, there's about threat, almost threading a needle. But uh, I liked Austin Matthews compete and working the puck around on those particular power plays. That is Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation Post Game, brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. Again, the Maple Leafs back on track here. A 4-3 win, gutsy road victory in Tampa. Very difficult building to win at Emily Arena. By the way, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night of Canada will drop by a little later on in the program. We'll get his thoughts on this crucial win of course, the Maple Leafs will stay in Florida, move on to Sunrise on Thursday night. The Panthers, um, they're struggling as of late. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out what their deadline motivation or action was, but they're a team that's going to be returning home after a, a Western skid. Yeah, and, and again, you have to come out and compete, which the Leafs didn't two games ago and didn't in the third period last game against the Florida Panthers. You can only worry about yourself, but we look at the big picture and if you're a Leaf fan, it's fortuitous whatever's gone awry in Florida. They <laughs> next year they better not take their reading week break They're because it killed that them. team. That reading week, whatever it was, yeah. just killed them. They were actually playing really good hockey, winning hockey, and now and now you look at the external things that they lack confidence in their goaltending. Remember that Toronto Maple Leaf fans, by the way, Freddie Anderson had another real solid game tonight. So that goes on, you know, weird ones. Vince Trocek, we see he's traded. They don't get really anything. They, NHL they caliber wanted back. a defenseman and then they trade Trocek for, they didn't get a top yeah, four defense. For stuff. Like, it, exactly. Yeah. It was well, you're not gonna, Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Those kind of defensemen are hard to come. Yeah. You know, it was, look at Carolina getting Brady Shea for a first round pick. You know, that's, that's what it cost. And they kind of did that at the end. So yeah, Florida a little bit puzzling. And we know Mike Matheson, having big problems their second year of an eight-year contract. So uh, it's so they, they bought into the Joel Quenville way, and uh, it's going to be either Toronto, Florida, not making the playoffs will be a huge disappointment in either place. Now, if they ends up both make it, then whoever shifted from the wildcard spot in the Metropolitan Division, like Carolina say, it will be a huge disappointment. But uh, all you can control is being uh, uh, playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs or working for them or being – a fan, you don't control stuff, but just cheering right. for them. And in Florida's case, like wow, this this is going to be in in a ser- in a team that's had way too many ugly finishes and falling short in the playoffs. If this doesn't get their bleep together, that's ugly. Yeah, you're so right. And again, like it just supports my thesis of why do coaches continue to take the blame for messes created by general managers? Like I'm not making any bones about it. Dale Talon's made a a mess of things there from the Matheson extension to to Sergei Bobrovsky. And again, we'll talk about that more coming up on Thursday night, uh, starting with Leafs Nation pregame at 6.30 Eastern time as the, uh, the Maple Leafs visit the Florida Panthers in the next biggest game of the season because we're going to continue to say that down the stretch. But to go into Tampa the way they did in this game, um, I just think to show the fact and demonstrate the ability and, and show themselves they're able to beat a good team. They did that last Thursday. What I want to see now is bottle that up and bring that over a large sum of games. The post is just one game last Thursday. Didn't have it on Saturday and back here against Tampa. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I go back to this team that, again, because the memories are short-term when you're a fan of a team, and after the uh, Sheldon Keefe taking over from Mike Babcock, they went 15-5-1. and one. Now, it was not all Sheldon Keefe, but give him all kinds of credit about it. But And then, you know, because people are pissed at the team and they'll talk about, like, oh, yeah, but it was against crappy opponents. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. No, they, but they were, on, they were on a tear. They had those eight consecutive road games where they scored at least four goals in each of them, which was the team record and all these kinds of things. So they were playing with a certain kind of flow and uh, joie de vivre and just confidence and all that. And yeah, take, take this game, unlike the Pittsburgh game and try to try to build from it. It does not mean you win every game. It just means over the next little while you got your mojo going and you're going to be a tough team to play every night. That's exactly it. Uh, and again, to echo off the sentiments, um, I think it was pretty telling in what Kyle Dubas said in the uh, post-trade deadline presser that he the onus is essentially on this team. What what he said indirectly to me was the fact that I didn't do anything, so pretty much the onus is now on the players. If they don't step up, don't figure it out. I, I'm not afraid to make some moves in the offseason, right? Like Tyson Berry, I think we'll both agree, not going to come back. But from the sounds of it, there really wasn't a market. There was no point, in my opinion, to trade out a guy, especially how bad you would look. You're in a playoff spot and you're trading a guy who's still a top three defenseman for your team, at least playing those minutes right now. It did not make sense to trade Tyson Berry unless you're getting something to replace him and assets to move forward with. There is zero cachet in saying to this team, okay, you're better saying arguably getting a late second round pick for Tyson Berry, which I think maybe would have been the best yeah. and maybe not. Being, not a, worth it. being an expiring contract may not may have been like a third or something you could have got. There, there would, there's no cachet in doing that and not making the playoffs. Making the playoffs is of paramount importance to the Maple Leafs. They are not going to retool, get a high draft pick and whatever. No. Having a rough regular season, learning from it, but still making the playoffs because this is back to the Pat Quinn era. You go through a run when you're in that group, and you should be. They should be one of the six or seven teams that easily make the playoffs each year in, well, let's say five or six teams, whatever the number may be mm-hmm. that are expected to make the team, the playoffs every year in the Eastern conference as a minimum. They, I mean, there's no excuse that not happening. So uh, keeping Tyson Berry and especially with another injury tonight, Jake Muzzin is of paramount importance because that's a bigger goal than say the late third round pick you could get. You're right. And again, saying, you know, never say never say you get into the Stanley cup playoffs, you ride a hot wave, Frederick Anderson gets hot. You just never know. And I I get like St. Louis is one of those stories that's unlikely to happen, but more times than not, the team ends up winning as a team that gets hot at the right time. Right. And I think you just, I think if you're the Maple Leafs and again, you're still fighting for your playoff lies, but I like what John Tavares said yesterday and double down today before this one, they're playing playoff hockey right now. And that's the mentality they have to do and think with going forward. And that continues on Thursday night again, in just a massive game. Try to find a way to win that game in regulation and put some separation between you and Florida in the standings. Yeah, absolutely. And the Florida Panthers are not playing playoff hockey. And so take advantage of that period because if they start playing it again, they've been a real good team. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's exactly it when when it comes to the Panthers. And again, they they made that that one move on deadline day, and you can hear in the voice of Vinny Trocheck, he was as shocked as anybody else because I'm sure he loved life in in Sunrise. But again, we don't know sort of the mandate from the up tops there when it comes to Florida. They made the move, and uh, we'll see if the guys they picked up can step up, and we'll see them in action coming up on Thursday night when the Maple Leafs visit the Florida Panthers. And that's the one thing I love about Florida. We saw this at Amelie Arena. I can tell you right now we're going to see it at sunrise. Maple Leafs Nation travels well, Gord Sillick. Well, at least in Tampa Bay, yeah. there are a good core of Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning fans, but you're right, does it? In Florida, yeah. forget it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's wow. I Snowbirds. Mean, it, it is, and, and 
You know, the owner there has talked, Vinny Viola, uh, talking to Gary Bettman and trying to plead his case to move somewhere. And basically, you know, Gary Bettman said, no, no, you, you got you to gotta run a better organization and, uh, and have some success. And then if it doesn't come, then maybe we'll talk about something like Atlanta did going to Winnipeg or whatever. Yeah. So they haven't done that. And, uh, and, and so the, it'll be, it'll be killing it with Toronto fans there, but we saw in Buffalo, that didn't matter. Right. Having a, Ottawa was a killer too, at least one, but it wasn't a dynamic effort. It should be, but it's always fun to watch. And I, I always like the people that commit to it and go down and, and you, you think and it's great because they're the diehard fans. They're the ones that usually can't get season tickets in Toronto. So they go down there and you like to see them have a good time. Yeah. And again, it just, uh, I'm sure it pumps up the players too. If you're, you're inside sort of, uh, of the locker room and, and, and you see the crowd and you go out there for a warm up, you're like, wow, this really gets me going. The fact that the, the fans have, have come all the way here to watch us. And uh, I just want to see that going forward from this team is just a bit of a competitive nature. Again, it can't be understated or or overstated enough, just the importance of a guy like Jake Muzzin. And again, he goes, goes down in this game, but a Kyle Clifford, I think played with some edge in this game. It is imperative for guys like that to play their best right now, to step up and lead by example. I thought John Tavares was excellent in this game. Jake Muzzin. So pretty much the, you know, the majority of the leadership crew really stepped up. Yeah, it really was. Really was. And who knows what they did off the ice, but I imagine they did that as well internally. And uh, it was just, especially from Johnny T, Johnny Toronto, a real, real impressive game. There's no doubt about that. I believe we're going to hit the break. And again, uh, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night in Canada is going to drop by from Emily Arena. We'll get his thoughts as he shifts forward and sort of the Maple Leafs to uh, Sunrise and BB&T Center coming up on Thursday night, a game you can hear right here on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan, the Maple Leafs take it 4-3 in Tampa behind two goals from the captain, John Tavares. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along via Twitter. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. Breaking down. What's up? What's up? This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 the fan and the Leafs radio network. trying to keep it in now in front of the net a backhand scores Tavares Johnny Toronto coming off the far boards got in front of the net and looking more like David Keon than John Tavares with a great backhand finds the back of the goal and the Leafs very quickly respond to the tying goal by taking the lead back John Tavares scored twice. The Maple Leafs edging the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3 at Amelie Arena. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along via Twitter. No doubt some positivity. Gord, well needed, much needed in Maple Leafs land as they move forward to the next biggest game of the year on Thursday night in Sunrise. Yeah, the split personality, the Jekyll and Hyde Toronto Maple Leafs. He was and, right uh, in, in that assessment. Dubis, right? Like, uh, in what? what Jekyll is and Hyde. Well, yeah, yeah. The last four games, anyway. So I don't know which is the good guy, Jekyll or Hyde. But uh, <laughs> I, I like what I saw tonight, and I like what I saw last Thursday against Pittsburgh, and I hope to see something like that Thursday against the much-needed uh, game against the Florida Panthers. Let's find out how Chris Johnson felt about this. Uh, we bring in the Coburg native of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. CJ, you took this in from Amelie Arena. This was just a massive two points for this Maple Leafs team, but we saw a bit of a response, didn't we? Yeah, and I think, you know, where you really saw the response was, you know, within the game, you know, at times where it goes back to 2-2 uh, with a, that Pat Maroon goal against the Tavares line, and then Tavares scores 31 seconds later. You know, I think things like that, uh, even hanging on uh, at 4-3, and, 
buckling down. You know, I know that, that Tampa poured a lot of shots on net in the third, but didn't think there was a lot of high quality in there. The, the way the Leafs sort of collapsed around them and found a way through the game, found a way to, to grind out a victory. And, you know, at this point in the season, uh, it's all about the, the points that uh, the, the team can put in the standings. And I think that that's, that's a huge victory given what we've seen in the last week and all the, the highs and lows they've been through. Yeah, when and when you talk about the response, Chris, that's exactly it. That's what you like to see. But I even go back to, I thought when they were down one nothing, that was huge because you look at that goal, and to me it embodied everything that's gone a little bit of miss of late, that you have an uh, unnecessary icing, a couple of guys don't touch it, you get a mismatch on the line, you got two kids on defense handling the puck, you got Kapanen not getting it out, and sure enough, all of a sudden Tampa Bay's up one nothing, And instead of that being the floodgates opening, the Maple Leafs tightened up, uh, didn't sit back, and went right at them. You're right. And, you know, I think even surviving that third period without Jake Muzzin, uh, you know, having to play Sandine and Lilligren more, leaning a lot more on Justin Hall. Um, you know, there, there, there's some, I think there's some characteristics in this that, that the, the team's going to feel good about. I mean, obviously, they'd much rather everyone be healthy and not be forced into that situation. But, you know, they, they found their, their way through the game. And, um, you know, again, it's been, been pretty crazy. It's been turbulent around this team. Uh, and, you know, everything that goes on with the trade deadline and all that. And, uh, you know, I thought they did a good job of just focusing on uh, what they need to do. They played hard. They, they played smart. And, um, you know, Tampa's a, a darn good team. And this could be a, a first-round playoff matchup that we saw here tonight. It can be. And, again, Stamkos getting hurt in that game as well. Uh, any update on Jake Muzzin? That's just a, a, such a big-time loss for for them if he's got to miss any time. There's not. I, I saw him uh, in the hallway. He had some wrapping on his right hand. Um, yeah, I think it was a Victor Hedman shot that got him late yep. in the second period. Um, you know, but but I don't know if he's been given an X-ray. They didn't say if it's broken or anything like that. Certainly no no time frame. But you know, given how tough he is, uh, the fact that he wasn't able to come out for the third period, I think, is telling that the Leafs are going to have to play games without him. And and you know, these are big games, especially when they're already uh, you know missing Morgan Riley from the left side, like Muzzin and uh, Cody Cece as well. I mean, uh, that, that puts Rasmus Sandin essentially on their second pairing uh, by by default or, or by process of elimination and and you know he had only five or six minutes after two periods here tonight so um you know i, I think sandine and Lilligren both are, are going to you know be impactful defensemen for the least long term but they're being pushed into a situation here way sooner than they would have been if, if not for these injuries where they're going to have to play some minutes against tough competition with, with a lot on the line in these games and so a little bit of trial by fire for the young guys well, and like you say, just one more reason to have kept Tyson Berry. And, and I don't know whatever people, whatever you think of Tyson Berry. I, I'm glad they kept him. But I am curious what currency he could have got. You know, you saw Brady Shea was a first-round pick, but he was locked into a long-term contract. So, so that made it attractive to Carolina. Like, at the end of the day, do you even think a second-round pick was in play for Tyson Berry, uh, which would be a late second-round pick? Or do you think it was less than that? Well, I, I don't think the Leafs were going to do it for a second. I mean, this wasn't a case where they felt they had to get rid of him. I think they wanted to explore the market, and teams started calling with the way last week went as well, just to see if maybe there was a way to, to get an asset plus a defenseman that could replace him. And so, you know, I, I don't think in the end it was all that close to happening. Uh, I mean, certainly it's something the Leafs entertained. That, you know, Kyle Dewis spoke about that openly with reporters, you know, after the deadline passed yesterday. But, um, you know, I, I don't think it was all that close, and I don't think they were certainly just going to sell them for future assets and, and further weaken the blue line at this crucial point of the season. So, um, you know, I, I, I have to imagine it's a load off for Tyson Berry. Uh, he did acknowledge it's been pretty stressful here the last few days, and 
you know, quite honestly, the Leafs had a one more. I, I don't even think it would have been a conversation. It was only that they kind of fallen back and I think given management some pause about their direction and where things are headed, uh, that they even got to the point that they were having those kind of trade discussions. But uh, it looks like a prudent move to have kept them after, you know, potentially losing, uh, you know, another impactful defenseman uh, here in tonight's game. And, uh, man, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough road if, if they're they're playing without T.C. Muzzin and, and Riley for any length of time here. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And sort of reading in between the lines of what Kyle Dubas had to say yesterday, pretty much he, he's putting the onus on the players and indirectly saying, like, if you can't figure this out, then basically there will be change. Is that what you're, you're thinking as well moving forward if they can't figure this out in time for the playoffs and to make the playoffs? Yeah, but I, I don't think this is a make or break here, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I think the organization would like to be further ahead than it is. But, I, you know, I don't think we're even remotely talking about one of the big four forwards, for example, being in play this summer, even if this ends poorly and they miss the playoffs. You know, I, I think that there's going to be a little more patience here. To me, uh, you know, one of the, the secondary forwards is likely in play come the offseason, be it someone like Kasperi Kapanen as a, as a way to get a defenseman uh, for next year, uh, similar to how we saw the Nazem Kadri used in a trade last summer. I, I do think that that's, you know, a likely outcome for this team. But the, the truth is, uh, that the core of the team is still really young. And, and uh, I know no one wants to hear excuses and, and everyone wants everything to happen yesterday. But, you know, the, the fact that the, the best guys on this team are 22, 23 years old, I, I don't think that they're playing out these last 18 games, uh, you know, with, with the threat of huge changes to come. Um, you know, I, I think Kyle Dubas especially is very process-oriented and, and is taking things in stride. But, you know, he did put the onus on the guys. I mean, there's no question he's looking for a response. And I think what he's looking for is more games like this one. I mean, more games where they play close to their, their top capability than we've seen. I mean, that that's, that's a frustrating part. The Leafs have shown they can do it. Uh, they, they just haven't done it with the, the consistency needed to be a top team in the league and to be the kind of team like Tampa is right now, where their GM just spent two first round draft picks at the deadline uh, to bring in more help, you know? So uh, I think that this is an important 18 games and, and, you know, obviously, the, the the organization badly wants to be back in the playoffs, but um, you know that they're not uh, they're not playing these out with a gun. You know, with a gun to their head, there's still there's still some runway on this group yet. Very well said. You've had a busy last couple of days. What are the chances you're on a beach tomorrow? Well, there's no chance. It's got a noon practice, so oh. uh, I'm not a big beach guy anyway. But oh. uh, you know, I'm, let's face it, it is a bit of mail it in March on the side <laughs> of the trade deadline. So I, I won't, I won't be, I won't be sweating too much unless it's really sunny out. All right, CJ. Thanks so much. Okay, boys. We'll talk uh, Thursday. Sounds good. There's Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night in Canada. Are you a big beach guy? No, girl? I was just saying, really? who, who is a beach guy anymore? It's sand and, and yeah, and, no, I'm like that too, but like and... I, I was more painting a picture because I've been to sunrise. I love Fort Lauderdale. Well, I'd rather do a pool. I like the yeah. pool better. No sand and stuff. Yeah. Just whatever. I know it sounds all good for no, while, no, you're right though. Cause I, I hate that part too. I was just in Cuba a couple months or a month back now around the, uh, uh, the bye week, and I went to the beach once. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll pool all day with yeah. a cerveza in hand, you know? Yeah, well, that's it. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm sure, and I'm sure Chris uh, isn't adverse to that somewhere yeah. along the way. And maybe he'll hit Well, a pool. deservedly so. Yeah, they they worked hard. That was a great broadcast. I know I'm biased, but uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the Sportsnet broadcast, and I was flipping back and forth. I'll admit that, but I really, really enjoyed what Sportsnet brought to the table. Um, very much so the uh, Gord Stelic uh, segment, by the way, where I said, don't put it off, call Gord Stelikov. I, yes, I appreciate it. And, now, <laughs> and, and you're right about Chris and Elliot Freeman. Yeah. We're kind of the, the trade breakers in that. But, you know, at the end, and we'll have more discussion with Chris because yeah. he's on our show all the time. But yeah. 
I um I didn't know if he was saying that kind of making the playoffs still isn't bad. I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I yeah. just mean like kind of that if that happens, so be it, and they'll retool, rebuild. But I I, I think Naki making the playoffs. I think is somebody loses their job if they miss the playoffs. Go inexcusable. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, we will discuss more about that. Yeah. So so there's the understanding that okay, maybe you're not where we thought they should be. That there's still the youth factor that maybe the average Leaf fan did not factor in enough about what's needed. But uh, you better bloody well make the playoffs. Bottom line, you're right. Uh, it is unacceptable for this roster, what they have intact right now, if they miss the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen, but somebody, uh, unfortunately, will have to uh, lose their job or something's going to have to be done. But uh, we're feeling positive about life, at least tonight. And, you know, it's sort of funny doing this broadcast because I don't want to get too high because, again, we felt this way on Thursday. We're like, good, they're back on the winning track. You beat Pittsburgh, you take care of them, and then, well... Saturday night happened and David Ayers is still it's he's like 85 minutes of, of fame right now he's past the 15 minute like he's on every broadcast ever I'm sort of tired of it I'll be honest but yeah no no but we got to experience it firsthand yeah. the world loves that story it's what everybody <laughs> dreams about it's a like Canes fans actually sending me a David Ayers jersey you know a big well, jersey yes, guy but they're probably thinking he should have played goal tonight because yeah. they went down one nothing in the first minute and they were down three nothing in the first period and two of the three goals uh were not great goals you're right, and I thought it was a brilliant troll job. Robin Leonard's never going to admit it, but did you see the number he's wearing for the Golden Knights? I did not. Number 90. You know who wore 90? Scott Foster and David Ayers oh, of the Carolina okay. Hurricanes. So maybe it's just sheer coincidence. I don't buy it for a second. We are now from the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe. You know, we, we get scored on first, and we don't let it snowball. I thought we just gathered ourselves and uh, made a couple little uh, tactical adjustments that the guys caught on to quickly, and I thought it turned the game for us in the first period there, so we got ourselves a lead and and then uh, gave it up, but then come right back and built an even bigger lead. So uh, just a lot of really good things. Then the third period, we just have to... You know, you know that they're going to have a really strong push, and we just it's important for us to not crack. And they get the one, and we just stayed with it. We were shorthanded on the on the back end, and those guys battled really hard. So a lot of really positive things for us, and it's a good feeling post game. Do you feel like that's how you grow? I certainly do. I said we talked about it. It's it's that feeling. It's going through it. It's it's finding a way. It's losing your leader on the back end and Jake Muzzin, and uh, just finding a way to, to get it done and not cracking. And, uh, I thought we did a good job. I mean, they had a push. They threw a lot of pucks at our net in that third period. But I think if you were to go through it, you'd see that there wasn't a whole lot of quality in terms of scoring chances or anything like that. Our guys did a nice job of protecting the net. And uh, Fred made the solid saves and didn't let anything uh, get out of hand there for us. So just a lot of really good things. Penalty kill, power play, just a lot of good stuff. With my series is big. Uh, we don't know. We're going to have to see see how it is here tomorrow and kind of go from there. Obviously, he wasn't well enough to return, but uh, we're going to give him the night and see see more inform- or get more information tomorrow. Is he going for X-rays or anything like that? Is that part of it? Yeah, all that kind of stuff, and yeah, talk to the doctors and just see how it responds. All that kind of stuff. How about the situation that put your younger fans in, especially in the third? Yeah, his. I mean, it's a tough game for those young guys. Even even before Muzz left. Just the matchups, the way that they are, the depth that they have. Uh, you try to manage that. You know, you saw in the first goal, they get caught on the ice there on the icing, and and then it ends up in our net against their best players. And um, but I thought those guys got better as the game wore on. It seemed as the more comfortable that they got. And then by the third period, you have to play them. You got to get them out there. And it's 
some in some cases that's the best way. Don't think about it. Just get over the boards and do your thing. How important do you think this experience will be for them having to play these minutes in big games? Yeah, we think it'll be really important. Uh, those guys are, you know, we're talking Sandine and Lilligren, those guys are really important uh, you know, for the future of this team. And getting them experience at this time of the year, um, you know, while, of course, we would love to have you know, a healthy Morgan Riley and Cody Sisi, um, but those guys need to get acclimated to this league. They need to take another step uh, in their development, and they've been able to do that while giving us good minutes. What enabled the penalty kill to be so dangerous offensively at times here tonight? Well, we just jumped on loose pucks really well, uh, really well. I mean, maybe caught them cheating just a little bit and, and uh, you know, not respecting the fact that we can jump the way that we did and we got in behind them. It happens every now and again to power play. It happens to us just the same. But, uh, yeah, we had some great chances there. But I just also, again, just like, you know, we didn't, we didn't score on those chances, but then we didn't crack on the other side of it, didn't give anything up. That's, that's a big-time goal, big-time finish. Uh, you know, he's got those hands in around the net, so it was nice to see that finish. But more important than that, uh, I thought especially through the second period, there were some terrific examples. Tavares' goal, uh, the 3-2 goal there, uh, Willie just really works and wins a battle for us. And um, I just thought he really worked in this game today and won a lot of loose pucks for us. So it was great and uh, well-deserved for him to get the game ball. He's not happening to try that in those situations I mean when they're in alone on, with the goalie like that I mean Cappy's another guy that just you know he's that's three in a row now where he's really moved his feet been really competitive and it's making a real difference to our team in terms of our depth and uh, we need more of that from both he and Will but uh, it's a real good team effort today we've got good effort good shifts from all four lines and obviously all six defensemen contributed uh, greatly for us so it's a real good win in a tough building against a very good hockey club and we want to enjoy the feeling and uh, build upon it and not lose it. All right, there you have it. Sheldon Keefe, his thoughts on this 4-3 win against Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll hit the break and we'll wrap things up after this. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stellick brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. All right, welcome back to Leafs Nation postgame brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. The Maple Leafs back on track after a 4-3 win on the road in one of the most difficult buildings to do so, Emily Arena in Tampa against the Red Hot Lightning, who had been stumbling coming into this game, had lost two in a row, now a three-game losing streak for the Lightning, but their first regulation home loss scored since December 14th, a long time coming for that team. And, and that's why, Nick, just if the Leafs put up the effort tonight, yeah. I would have been satisfied. You can't guarantee wins just by that alone because Tampa Bay is a hell of a team. So mm-hmm. the bonus thing is they come up with the win. And uh, the other part is after the game, Sheldon Keefe, basically, I've enjoyed what he's had to say, but quite often we learned about him. We learned about what he thinks about the team. But tonight was meat and potatoes. Basically, yeah, this is the way you you are trained as a hockey player to give that kind of effort, to do the smarts, to do the IQ thing. So, like, really, it was an easy thing to break down because 
they got back to those kind of fundamentals. And that's really ground zero. And you go from there. And that's what I just think puzzles Maple Leafs fans and Leafs nation in general. And Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. And Sheldon Keefe and, and Cal Dubas is that you can beat teams like Tampa and Pittsburgh in the last week. And then you muster seven shots on goal against Carolina with a, a Zamboni driver in that. Like it just, the Jekyll and Hyde I thought was perfectly put when it came to Kyle Dubas and his remarks. So I think this team knows what they have and knows that internally they can do this thing. The fans know it. I think that's what drives people in general, just crazy and off the wall. It's just the fact of you never know what Maple Leafs team you're going to get. But tonight we got a good effort, a four, three win. And a big reason was the play of the captain. It has been sort of a theme when the Maple Leafs have been competitive the last little while. John Tavares, two goals. Let's hear what he had to say tonight. John, the quest for consistency continues. What did you like about tonight's effort? Uh, just sticking with it. Uh, you know, we didn't get down. We didn't get away from the way we needed to play. Uh, when things didn't go our way, and uh, we, we did a lot of good things tonight in terms of just the way we want to play the game uh, to our identity. Um, also, just just uh, this time of year, it's it's a, it's a battle out there each and every shift. Uh, just staying with an understanding. Uh, uh, it's not always pretty, but. Uh, uh, just digging in, playing hard, uh, playing as a group, sticking with it, um, doing what we need to do. So, um, yeah, it's one game, so uh, build on it, and uh, I'll see uh, uh, each game only gets more important as we go. How tough is it to see Jake go down? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, such a key player for us. He's, he's been playing great. Um, no question, it's a big loss, uh, but at the same time, you know, we can't hang our heads and, and uh, you know, think why us. I think uh, it's, uh, as a group collectively, we got to all continue to step up and uh, fill that void and, and uh, continue to play better. Uh, and when guys get more opportunity, that's that's their chance to, to take advantage of it, relish it, and, and thrive uh, uh, with it. John, how important was the winning battle, battle of the special teams? I mean, that's a pretty explosive team over there. Uh, killed off all three penalties and a couple of power play goals. Yeah, we. I mean, I think we've seen when it's been against us. Uh, and uh, when it's for us, what a, what a difference maker it can be in a game, and especially this time of year. You know, five on five, even strength, things are so tight, so competitive. Um, you know, it's, those are real opportunities that uh, got to build momentum, find ways uh, uh, to, to win that battle within the game. How big was it to score early given the way Saturday uh, I mean, you know, we just wanted to play our game, and, you know, we've scored a lot of goals all year, so um, I'm not too concerned about us finding ways to. But puck in the net, I think uh, we just have to play to our capability and, and having that consistency uh, building off that. What do you see on your backhand yeah. goal, John? It can be a tricky shot to put where you want it. Yeah, I just uh, you know thought I had some good space after I really won a, a strong battle there on the wall and uh, just tried to be quick with it and get it off uh, uh, timing-wise and was just able to put it in a good spot. John, whether it be shots from the point or jumping into the rush, what do you think of the deep play here tonight to engage offensively and help you guys out up front? I think just uh, they're all around game. I think uh, we did a much better job. I think breaking out of our end, being more poised with the puck, uh, which uh, allowed us to uh, break their pressure, get up, uh, get up the ice. And when you do that, that allows them to be more involved and uh, have the energy to keep plays alive. Um, I think just having a good feel of when to jump in, when to be aggressive, and then understanding when uh, we got to get back above and, and close the middle, middle of the ice off against them. So uh, yeah, great job, especially getting down to five at uh, one point in the game. Did you know William had? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of a play. Uh, takes a lot of skill and talent to do that. So um, he continues to get so good around the net. Um, great to see him uh, get a big one. I think it ended up being the winner. So uh, pretty nice one to have. You've talked about consistency. How important is it now to go into Florida that your closest pursuer right now um, you know, can go either way? 
Yeah, I think the circumstances are obvious. I don't think much needs to be said. That, uh, each game only gets more important, and certainly uh, um, with where things are, it's a good game. El Capitano right there, John Tavares, who I still feel was the perfect captain to name for this organization, Gord, because you never know if they've lost 6-2, if they've lost to a Zamboni driver, if they won a game 8-3. It's just the same generic tone, which I like. You need that in this market because this guy is so professional. I thought he put forth a professional effort tonight, John Tavares. Yeah, and I go back to Dion Phaneuf, who I really like, but he had to say it sounded like Dion droned on after games because you <laughs> lost, right? Yeah. I just remember because you lost. Same thing, but there's a consistency. Matt Sundin, as I said, right? He would just, you know, carry on that way. But in it's funny, doing trade deadline and chatting with a lot of people like uh, well, Paul Bissonette was on and, and Ryan Kessler and Kevin Bieksa and Bruce Boudreau and, of course, Colby Armstrong's there and guys like that. You know, every now and then you like a little bit of color, right? <laughs> Just whatever. But that's it. He's uh, he's going to be meat and potatoes always, John Tavares. And he called the team out when they lost in Florida. That time they didn't show up when someone just said, hey, you're just going to file this one. And no, this is a big loss. And you know what? I don't think the team collectively realized what a big loss it was. That's that. I think it was a Sunday night, whatever it was, in Florida before the All-Star break. And, Gord, so we look forward to uh, Thursday night. Uh, we have the game on right here on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. The Maple Leafs ho- or, uh, visiting excuse me, Sunrise and BB&T Center and the Florida Panthers. Just a, a massive two points on the line again in that game. The Panthers will be coming back from a road trip. They're a different squad without Vinny Trocek in that lineup. The Leafs have to find a way to bottle up. The majority of this effort tonight will say, notwithstanding maybe the third period again against Tampa, and bring that to sunrise in front of a packed home crowd on Thursday night. Yeah, but in home, Florida. <laughs> yeah, packed home crowd on the road. And, you know, Nick, we're not used to it. It's uh, in that, you know, Toronto Buffalo has been a great rivalry. They had that one battle where Buffalo won it to get to the conference final way back when. Toronto Montreal is as good a rivalry as they get. Toronto Boston, we know all about it. Even Toronto Ottawa, those playoff battles for years. So Toronto, Florida. Just has a, a vagueness to it, right? What? But no, it it is it is the battle du jour. It is the playoff battle between as traditional a hockey market there is and as non-traditional a hockey market is it. That's the fact. And you gotta you gotta show you realize this is a four-point game on Thursday because you've not shown that this year playing the Florida Panthers. Gotta step on the throats of the cats right away. That, that's the way I see it, because that team is so fragile right now. They're not good defensively. They're like the Maple Leafs. There's an ability. There's going to be a lot of goals in that game, but you just got to step on them. Give them no energy, no positivity. And I think the Maple Leafs come out with a win in that one, but that's what we'll talk next coming up on Thursday night, starting with Leafs Nation pregame at 6.30. Many thanks to Sam McKee and Gord Stelic. The Maple Leafs defeating the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3 back on the winning track. Great news for all. Can't wait to see uh, what the spotlight is like on Wednesday. For Gord Stelic, I'm Nick Alberga. You've been listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan, brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers.